Today is a packed episode because we talk about purchasing a property with private money, midterm renting, and exactly how Kim lives in her Denver duplex for free by house hacking. Let's get started. Welcome to the Property Squad. Guys, I am so excited to get this kicked off. This is a real estate podcast about investing stories and strategy. Each week, I interview someone who has had investing success, their trials, lessons learned, basically their story. In the next episode, I break down their strategy and dive deeper into it using my knowledge and expertise, and it's always going to be actionable. We take action around here. My name is Anson Young, and I've been an investor and agent for 17 years, and I'm doing fix and flips, wholesales, and burr deals in four markets. I'm also a Bigger Pockets author, a speaker, and I don't know, the nicest guy I know, I guess. <laughs> now, I know I have to earn your trust through this process, but if you want to immediately know more, you want to be an early adopter, go to PropertySquadHQ.com and just give us your email address. We'll send you newsletter, free resources. We have a lot of cool things planned. I hate talking about things that are coming up or things that haven't happened yet. Pretty much everything that we can give away for free, we are going to. Importantly, I have a lot of free resources right in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or in the description of the episode if you are on podcast platforms. My favorite thing there are all of the tools that I use inside of my real estate business on a day-to-day basis, a whole list of them. So check that out for sure. Season one is all about house hacking. So welcome I guess, to the hack squad. If you don't know, house hacking is where you buy a property to live in, a one to four unit, so either a single family, duplex, triplex, fourplex. You live in one part of the property and you rent out the rest. A room, the other side of the duplex, the basement, you live in the shed and you rent out the house, you live in the house, rent out the shed, you get it. And the renters or the income that's coming in is paying for some or all of your mortgage. And honestly, this is one of the most powerful ways to get started in real estate. Whether you want to start investing and use this as a springboard for the rest of your career, or if you're just a homeowner and you want to live at home for free or have an offset to your mortgage, if you want to live there for free like Kim does, spoiler alert, then this is a very powerful way to get started. This is a story episode, so let's get right in and talk to Kim Johnson right now. All right, welcome in, everybody, and today we have the awesome Kim Johnson. Kim, how are you today? Thank you for joining us and uh, sharing all of your expertise. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be here, and yeah, doing well. How about you, Anson? I'm doing very well. Um, So, first of all, who are you? What do you do? Can you give us kind of the 60 second rundown on Kim? Yeah, absolutely. So I pretty much my real estate journey, I really got into it in college, primarily through bigger pockets. I was in the business school at my school. So took a lot of real estate courses, got really into just personal finance and all of that through bigger pockets and other podcasts. And then, yeah, after college, eventually ended up moving to Denver. That is when I started wholesaling full time. So I've been doing that for about two years now. That's my full time gig. And then, about six months into moving into Denver, I also purchased my first house hack. And so 
that's where I'm still living now. And yeah, it's been great so far. That's awesome. And you're also licensed, right? Yes. Yeah, I am a licensed broker. You're you're here in Denver. So that answers that question of where you're yes. at and kind of where this this strategy is working for you. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's just jump into your your house hack that you're living in now. So what kind of inspired you to start house hacking? I know you touched on some of that, but kind of what was the catalyst of, of this is what the strategy I want to go for and uh, it's going to work for me? Yeah. You know, I just, again, through all of my research and educating myself on real estate, I knew I wanted to start in real estate and invest in real estate. And from all the research I'd done, house hacking just seemed like the simplest way, the easiest way, the least expensive way. I mean, it just seemed like kind of a really good first stepping stone. And, um, you know, so I, when I first moved here, I was renting. And, and so that was just kind of number one priority was let's get out of paying rent. Let's just buy my own place and start there. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of what inspired it. I figured it'd just be a first good stepping stone pairing that with my wholesaling experience and just kind of throwing myself into the real estate world. You know, uh, everybody kind of in their journey, the first thing they have to do is actually find that property. Um, what was your process like for finding that property? Was it pretty conventional and traditional or was there something crazy going on where you found your house? And then what, what is the house that you're in now? I know it's a, you know, I I know, but not everybody (laughs) else knows. So, uh, so what is it? (laughs) Of course. So yeah, I definitely would not say it was a conventional journey. I, the home I own, it is a side-by-side duplex in Denver. So it's in the Whittier neighborhood of Denver. Uh, it's honestly not easy to find side-by-side duplexes in Colorado anymore. And so, it's not. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them have been split and sold. So, you know, I had this like dream of owning one of those, but it just kind of seems so unlikely out here. And that's pretty much how it all kind of happened. I honestly was not at all prepared to buy my house hack yet. Like when it happened, I knew I eventually wanted to buy a house hack, but I still had a good chunk in my lease. Like I still had a lot of things I was planning on getting figured out before this happened. But just through my wholesaling company, this side-by-side duplex in this awesome appreciating neighborhood of Denver came across my desk and I was like, oh shoot, I think I have to buy this. <laughs> so it was very just ready, fire, aim. I had no ducks in a row at all, but I just, I knew I needed to purchase it and I knew I had to figure out a way how. And so very quickly, I just put all of my things together and, and made it happen. But it was not conventional. I was not even really looking yet. And it just kind of came to me and I knew I had to jump on it. So yeah, so there's, I mean, everybody, everybody's story is different, of course. So yours, you know, a lot of people, they'll find an agent, they'll go through that whole process, find the property, kind of, they're all ready. Everything's lined up. Now, Kim was not ready and she <laughs> no. got, she, you know, she got exposure to this property through her investing hustle. And so that's, uh, that, that, that's a really unique story for sure. Yeah, it's very weird, but you know, I'm thankful for it. I'm happy it all happened. My next buy, yeah, definitely going to try to be a little more prepared, but I'm I'm happy it all worked out like it did. No, it's uh that you know got to strike, I guess, when the opportunity hits. Obviously, you got your stuff together. How did you actually finance the the house hack? Like, what what did that look like for you? Yeah, so because this was a wholesale deal 
conventional lending was just not going to work out. Um, both of the sides of the duplex were pretty rough. One okay. a little bit rougher than the other. So I don't think it really would have qualified for an FHA or anything like that. And then also most of these wholesale deals are pretty quick closed. So traditional financing off of that was just not going to work. Um, I looked into a few different hard money lending options, which I'm just pretty familiar with through, um, again, my full-time gig. But then ultimately what ended up happening was I just partnered with my parents on it. So they essentially just acted as private lenders for me. And they gave me a a kinder interest rate than most hard money lenders would. So, (laughs) you know, not going to pass up on that opportunity. Uh, so they helped me purchase it with cash, helped me finance the initial rehab for one side. The other side was okay. still occupied with a tenant when I purchased it. So I had to kind of wait that out, let that lease end. Um, but the other side immediately started rehabbing it. They helped me fund that. And then I eventually refinanced out of it um, into a more conventional loan. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. I think that I think that that's not as uncommon as you think. There's a lot of people who go that route where, yeah. you know, um, but you 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 refinance out of the private money loan mm-hmm. <laughs> and into, you know, um, something yeah that that's more long term, which is awesome. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, that goes to show that, you know, I, I have 10 different house hackers could have 10 different stories. And that's definitely uh, pretty pretty common one so um yeah something that I'll, i'm planning to do with my son one day hopefully but oh yeah i <laughs> um, love it so one one side was occupied you had to fix them all up what strategies did you kind of use to maybe analyze the property and determine that this would be you know a viable house hack like are the rents going to cover x percent of the mortgage or what was your metrics going into it and how did you analyze it yeah. So, you know, in Denver, it's, it's really hard to find things where just traditional long-term rents are going to cover your costs, right? And so, I mean, thankfully with house hacks, you have the luxury of, you don't nest, it, it can still be a good deal without you just completely living for free. But obviously, ideally, you're living for free or even cash flowing when you're living there. Um, and so I knew that just renting out one side long-term and living in the other was not going to cut it. And so I was trying to think of other opportunities. One of the other benefits of this property is that we're only about a half a mile from a pretty major hospital in Denver. I had been hearing a lot about the midterm rental strategy, renting to travel nurses, things like that. Um, it's a two-one on each side. So that seems like a good size. And uh, yeah, so everything was just kind of lining up for a midterm rental. And so once I started looking into that, running the numbers of what a midterm rental could get, then it started penciling out a lot more. I could get a roommate with me on my side, midterm on the other side. And then in kind of the low seasons of all of that, I figured I would still be at least covering all my costs. And then in the really high season, it was penciling out where I could even cash flow with that additional income from my roommate if everything was you know lining up correctly. So um, that's kind of how I was running the numbers and it all looked yeah. really good. So Yeah, so you're like midterm one side, uh, roommate on the other side because it is a two one. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, there are many ways to do a house hack. So right now you are still doing the midterm on one side and a roommate on the other side. Does that sound right? Correct. Yeah. My roommate actually just moved out, Mr. Lecture. So (laughs) I know I'm I'm in the market for another one right now, but um, that just happened like a 
week or two ago. So <laughs> looking to fill that room right now. Thankfully, you know, it's summer and, and the midterm's doing really well. So I'm still, again, covering my expenses, which is good, but would love yeah. to cash flow again. So looking for another roommate. But yes, that was, um, that's kind of how I've been doing it. Nice. Okay. Um, and, and how has, how has the midterm rental been going? Is it, is it pretty consistently filled in or, um, how is that, how's that working out? Yeah, I definitely did notice, you know, summer is like a high season. Winter was kind of a low season for me, more similar to typical Airbnbs. Um, I think part of that was just, it was my first year I was learning different marketing strategies and pricing and, and all of that and how that should look. So, uh, I think part of it maybe with seasonality, part of it was just learning curve for me. But now I'm definitely to the point kind of throughout this year, it's been pretty consistently filled. So I've been, I, I think I've figured it out. I found the sweet spot. I've got pretty low vacancy this year and, and it's been going well. So if you, if you don't mind, um, can you share some of the rough numbers? You said that, uh, you know, break even is one thing. And then with a roommate, you're actually cash flowing. Um, it sounds like you're living there for free, basically, plus some yeah. cash flow. Yeah, basically. Once I get it again, well, we got to float again. Um, but yeah, I mean, rough numbers, you know, that, the thing with midterm rental is you do have to cover a few more expenses, right? So with long-term, typically the tenant's covering utilities. Short-term, you have to put up the money to furnish it up front, of course, and then also you're, you're covering utilities and things like that. So, um, you know, ballpark averaging out my monthly expenses for the entire unit are if we're ballparking about like 4,500 a month, typically okay. with that midterm rental, that is about what I'm getting at the moment per month. Um, sometimes again, a little bit less in the winter, sometimes a little bit more in like the really hot season, but it, that's, it's penciling out really well. So that's almost exactly what I'm making monthly just on the midterm rental. So that has wow. been awesome. And then, um, yeah. And then on the other side, I, you know, I have that roommate. So anytime I get a new one, then anything there is either just typically right now, I'm honestly just putting a lot of that roommate rent into reserves for the property, just a rainy day fund. But, um, yeah, yeah that's just kind of extra income for me. So that's been great. So for anyone who's out there, who's looking kind of to do this in a high cost of living market like Denver, um, what does a room kind of generally go for? Um, I mean, what are you roughly charging for that room? You know, obviously it's going to be cheaper than a studio or a one bed uh, on their own, but what does that look like for you? Yeah. So for my tenant in my side, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. Sharing yeah. your room. Yeah. 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 So in my side, um, my tenant was paying about 1200 a month. So that was great. I mean, it's, it is a two one, but I do have a garage, a yard, you know, things like that. So some extra amenities. Um, and then I was covering, I was covering more of the utilities. She was only chipping in for internet and water. And then we were splitting that evenly. And then I was paying gas and electric. So, um, but yeah, I mean, still nice to have some of the utilities covered. And then that's yeah. what she was paying for that room. So, yeah. So if you, you know, if you're tracking, that's uh, like 4,500 for the midterm and 1200 for the extra room <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Kim gets to live there for free, which is the whole deal plus cash flow, which is awesome. So thank you for sharing those, the, you know, the numbers. Everybody wants to know like what this pencils out to be. Thank you for uh, being transparent yeah. about that. But you know, it, 
it, it all comes down to, so you had this goal, you, you've been, you know, following the podcasts, you've been learning more about everything. You know, you got into wholesale real estate, you got your first deal. How has house hacking actually impacted your life and your road to financial independence? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's been amazing. You know, eliminating that life expense is awesome. I have all of these goals and ambitions of more real estate I want to buy. And all of that becomes so much easier when I'm saving so much money every month. And and then in addition, making a little bit more. So, I mean, that's been so awesome. I have all of these goals for what I want to buy this year, what I want to buy in the future and, and where I see my path. And so just having kind of that first check mark off the to-do list of, okay, I've eliminated that living expense now. It's going well. And now I'm just setting myself up so much more for the future to be able to buy quickly because I don't have this big living expense. So yeah, it's just been awesome. It's also just taught me so much about just the real estate world and um, went through some real highs and real lows in like the renovation process and working with contractors and things like that. Uh, Definitely getting some just hospitality customer service experience with like Airbnb midterm rental type stuff. So sure. I've learned so much so fast. And, and and then just with wholesaling as well. I mean, that initial process was like drinking from a fire hose too. Of just, <laughs> I mean, there was a long time where I was like, this is so much information and I just felt like I had to fake it until I make it. Cause I was like, everyone's so smart and this is so much, but um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've just absorbed so much over the past two years through just all of my exposure to real estate. And yeah, hopefully it's just going to set me up to keep on buying more and more in the future. Um, so, I mean, you touched on it a little bit right there, which leads into the next question of like, what are some of the most, um, you know, valuable lessons that you learned from your house hack, whether it was the the rehab process or the purchase process or the refinance process, like what in there kind of stands out to you as, you know, a really good lesson learned that you, you're going to run with and use for your next deals? Yeah, definitely. I mean, with the renovating process, definitely learned a lot about just um, vetting contractors. And I think one thing that I did that I would definitely do differently in the future is just, I kind of blindly took a lot of referrals for contractors. And at the end of the day, I probably should have done a lot deeper of a dive into my own like research into all of them. You know, there can be scenarios where someone's doing really excellent work for someone else. And then they don't do good work for you for a bunch of different reasons. Like maybe they've just taken on way more projects, including yours. And so now they're way busier. Or maybe like if I'm not doing as good of a job of babysitting them as that other person was, maybe they won't do as good of work for me or whatever it is. And so, um, you know, I have an awesome network here and I really appreciate them. And, and I'll always take referrals. But at the end of the day, you always need to still vet who is being referred to you. And that is definitely a lesson I learned the hard way a few times. So, yeah. you know, no matter how highly they come referred, however many glowing remarks they're getting, still do your research, still get multiple quotes. You know, it's that was definitely something that I wish I had, I had done a little bit more. You know, trying to save time by just taking the first referral I got ended up losing me a lot of time in some of the poor work that was done. And so it's always worth it, worth it to take a few extra days to make the right decision instead of lose a bunch of time on poor quality work. So, yeah, abs- that's man. Contractors is always a huge headache and you'll yeah. <laughs> not know. You'll never make that mistake again. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so um, let's let let's pay it forward to you know the squad here. Like, what advice would you give to somebody who is considering getting into their first house hack, or if you know, it, getting started? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that there's always a way to make it work, and I, you know, I know I got kind of lucky in the sense that a great deal was just like kind of came to me. I mean, I don't want to say lucky because obviously I very intentionally put myself in a position for that to happen. But, you know, I wasn't looking and, and a deal just kind of came my way. And that was awesome. But I know plenty of other people where they're pulling their hair out trying to find something. And right. if the numbers aren't penciling out, that doesn't mean that it's impossible. Like, just keep like looking, maybe get creative, talk to the people around you, go to networking events, meetups, like, Ask what is working for other people because I guarantee you, like someone is making it work in your market. It is possible. Maybe you just have to change your strategy and get more creative. Um, but yeah, always possible, and, and there's always some way to make the numbers pencil out. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's great, great advice. You made it work your way, and it's working really well for you. And so we're very, you know, happy that you came to share your expertise because. Some people just need to know that normal people can go out and do this and how it affects, you know, people's lives, which for you, it sounds like it's had a huge impact on your, you know, your journey to financial independence and all that. So, um, so wrapping yeah. it up, is there anything that you want to promote or to uh, have any, you know, contact information or follow you somewhere on your journeys um, as we wrap it up? Yeah, I mean, I am happy to chat with anyone who wants to chat with me about house hacking in Denver or anywhere, really. I love helping people. I should be better about posting more real estate content on my Instagram, but I'm trying <laughs> to be better about that. But in general, if you want to just follow me, message me, any of that, at KimmyJ06, K-I-M-M-Y-J-06 is the easiest way to get in contact. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for coming and, and sharing all of your expertise and your success story. And uh, yeah, we're we're so happy to have had you and, and this has been awesome. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So happy to be here. I'm honored. There is no better way to start off this entire podcast than with that interview with Kim. It encompasses everything that we're trying to do here and the power of real estate and house hacking. Just amazing. Thank you for joining us at the Property Squad. Check out the next episode where we break down the strategy that Kim used and how you too can follow in her footsteps, take massive action and unlock the power of real estate. So thanks again. This is the Property Squad. I'm Anson Young. The squad needs you. If you go to propertysquadhq.com or follow our socials, check out the bonuses in the links below and we'll see you next time.